stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. I've not read the ruling. I've only been briefed on it. Uh, but I'm confident that uh, we do have the jurisdiction. The Court of Appeal disagreed. Uh, there are other courts, higher courts, that we will likely appeal to. But I'll leave that to the Attorney General to resolve over the weekend. Well, that is B.C. Premier John Horgan trying to put a positive spin on what is a pretty resounding defeat for him before the B.C. Court of Appeal. Now, this involves what I guess was the tool in the toolbox, certainly the main tool in the toolbox that the B.C. government had to potentially block or cause trouble for the Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion or maybe even future pipeline projects. Could the B.C. government through its provincial jurisdiction over environmental regulation, put restrictions on the kinds of of shipments that would be facilitated by a pipeline. It's pretty clear that pipelines are federal jurisdiction. So can a province supersede that jurisdiction? Well, in a unanimous ruling today, the B.C. Court of Appeal essentially said, no, you can't. So maybe not a surprise, but significant nonetheless. Uh, joining us for some further analysis uh, and reaction to this uh, ruling today, very pleased to welcome to the program, uh, Dwight Newman is a law professor at the University of Saskatchewan, also a Monk Senior Fellow at the McDonald laurier Institute. Professor Newman, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Oh, I'm happy to be with you to talk about this. Well, like I say, I mean, it is definitely a significant ruling, but should we be at all surprised by it? I, I don't think it's surprising at all. I think it's the uh, the decision that was anticipated, and I think that uh, British Columbia uh, probably even knew that, but uh, was uh, running a little bit of a, a game with putting this before the courts and uh, creating uncertainty and delay uh, for the Trans Mountain Pipeline. Um, so in some ways, they actually won insofar as they managed to do that, but the court has said that, uh, that what they... Uh, we're proposing to do in this legislation was very wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting because we just had another uh, court decision, which also speaks to federal jurisdiction, which also speaks to you know where where that that jurisdiction ends or where it overlaps when it comes to the environment, being uh, the court case around the carbon tax. But what do you see as as the significant differences here? Um, well, I mean, first of all, I would note that today's decision is a unanimous decision. Mm-hmm. The carbon tax decision was uh, was a close split. Um, but there are different issues at stake in the, the two cases. And uh, if both cases make their way up to the Supreme Court of Canada, as it sounds like might be the case, they'll be adjudicated on their, their own issues. So the Saskatchewan case largely concerns the scope of some of the special federal powers that are less defined over so-called peace order and good government or national concern matters. Um, the BC case concerned a very, uh, very well-established federal power uh, over interprovincial transportation, which past case law had said includes pipelines, and uh, the province was trying to, to interfere with that. Uh, and uh, so it was a much easier decision for them to come to. The carbon tax case, uh, there there were some arguments on both sides, and we saw that in the split decision, I think. Well, it, you're right. I mean, that, that was a close decision, and so that really, I, I think, makes a, a, an appeal, and, and this may be going to the Supreme Court, almost inevitable. Uh, the B.C. government is talking about appealing this, but when you have a, a unanimous 5 nothing ruling, do, do, how much more of a challenge then does taking that to the Supreme Court become? 
Well, it, it doesn't position them as easily to go to the Supreme Court. Uh, it doesn't give them a, a much ground for optimism in taking it to the Supreme Court, but they might still try it anyway. Uh, and uh, they may take the view that the judges at the Supreme Court will react differently, um, but uh, uh, they, uh, they're they in a tough position seeing this 5 nothing ruling. Uh, and they, they lost on the first issue. The court didn't even get on to the, the next issue um, as between some quite technical issues within a case uh, on the different legal doctrines. Uh, they, they didn't get far at all. No, he didn't. And, you know, in a case like this, then, I mean, even though, the, you know, a provincial government does have some jurisdiction over environmental regulation, uh, it, this, this ruling helps really clarify, though, where, where that, that federal jurisdiction lies and, I guess, which takes precedent then. Uh, well, that's right. I mean, uh, there, there remains provincial jurisdiction over um, different aspects of environmental protection, but not in the context of making decisions that effectively look like they're specifically about an interprovincial pipeline. Uh, and when you're talking about that, uh, then that's within federal jurisdiction. And uh, these are these are clear lines, um, but uh, the uh, the BC uh, government has managed to, to muddy the waters a bit on those, and the court has offered some useful clarification. Right. How problem was problematic was it for BC? And that you know they tried to claim that this wasn't about the Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion project, but but it clearly was. Yes, and uh, I mean the court effectively saw through that. Uh, and uh, the reasoning and the decision reflects that the court sees it as uh, uh, specifically targeting the pipeline, in essence. That was a big problem for British Columbia. Uh, now, in some ways, that's what they were doing, and so uh, they, uh, they didn't really have an easy way out of it. They tried to cast the legislation somewhat cleverly, um, but uh, it obviously wasn't clever enough to... Uh, uh, to uh, convince the court that they were doing something other than what they were. Uh, that said, they may have been trying to raise the issue for the future as well in terms of uh, other pipelines, and uh, the court's decision is significant in uh, uh, outlining the scope of the federal power versus the provincial power here. Right. So uh, th- this question, I think, for now has, has been put aside. It's, I guess, a, a positive development if you're in favor of this pipeline project, or at least if you're just in, in favor of uh, having clear rules around federal jurisdiction. But there's still some, some obstacles that remain. I guess we're going to learn fairly soon whether the federal government has met its obligations as it pertains to the uh, First Nations, the indigenous consultation that the federal court of appeal has mandated. What, what's your sense of where that stands and, and what you're anticipating? Uh, on that front? Well, uh, I mean, obviously that's always been the bigger issue for the project in some ways and um, was an area where uh, there was uh, more uh, for the courts to be looking at. Um, uh, and the uh, the federal government has carried out further consultation. The issue will be whether they succeeded in doing enough to satisfy a court. Uh, in the context of... Uh, uh, what some have seen as a bit of shifting terrain on the uh, the duty to consult doctrine. Uh, so there's that issue uh, uh, that I expect we'll see back in the courts because I think there are uh, uh, groups that are motivated to take the issue back to the courts again and again as long as they can. Uh, so uh, the pipeline isn't in the clear yet. I mean, the federal government has to uh, make a decision in light of uh, 
the further consultation and take account of what they found out in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we'll see if they approve it. And if they do, uh, we'll see what happens in terms of a further court challenge. So uh, it's not uh, not easy days for building pipelines in Canada. Uh, this decision is helpful, but it doesn't uh, doesn't deal with all of the challenges uh, that uh, that pipeline companies have been facing on the on the legal front. Well, still some ways to go, but a significant day today. Uh, Professor Newman, thanks so much for your insight here. Appreciate you making some time for us. Sure. Happy to talk with you. All right. All the best. Take care. Uh, Dwight Newman, uh, Canada Research Chair in Indigenous Rights and Constitutional and International Law at the University of Saskatchewan, among senior fellow in constitutional law as well at the Macdonald-Laurier Institute. Uh, So his thoughts on this ruling today. And I mean, you could make the argument, as a few people already are on the text line, that this was a complete and total waste of time. Maybe that was obvious from the get-go. At least now we have confirmation of that. Or regarding the line about every tool in the toolbox, I like this text from Doug, says, turns out John Horgan was the tool. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. I'll even give credit to uh, former Premier Rachel Notley and her uh, sick burn on Twitter today. Turns out BC's toolbox was more Fisher-Price than DeWalt. Not bad. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.